And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. And Heather is gone today. Uh, she has out doing Christmassy errands. Christmassy, yeah. Um, but this is episode 103. Yeah. And we're going to talk about what we're going to be talking about in a second. But first, as usual, you want to talk about some deaths. Sure. Um, Merry, happy holidays, everyone, by the yes. way. It's, uh, it's as we talk, it's Christmas is fast approaching. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, it's like a fist. It's on yeah. its way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And today is the 19th, which is, not to get political, but it's the day the electorate supposedly cast their vote. Right. To see another, just how screwed another we are. Another fist. <laughs> another fist. Um, but deaths. Uh, the most recent was Zsa, Zsa Gabor. Right. Who, uh, who really is one of those people that I think a lot of people thought was already gone. Cause, yeah. Because we hadn't heard about her for a while. Well, she was, she was sick. And supposedly she had lost both of her feet to diabetes. Mm. And she was 90? Yeah, she was in her 90s. Yeah. So, as with most things, you know, not to be that guy, but it's like, it's like, when you hear about someone dying in their 90s, it's like, man, you've, already, you, you've beaten the odds. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, a life well lived at that point, hopefully. Right. Um, she was mostly famous for being famous. Her and her sister, Ava, yeah. were kind of stars. Um, Ava was the nice one, and <laughs> yeah, Jaja was the kind of trampy one. But they were both what they used to call five o'clock girls. Marilyn Monroe was a five o'clock girl, believe it or not. And what that meant was, why don't you go around to ex executive's office, this executive's office, and, mm -hmm. and fuck him, and um, that way you would get your your bill of goods, your look and your right. ability in front of people and and that's where a lot of deals got made joan crawford supposedly was a five o'clock girl but um jaja was like a mainstay on things like merv griffin and mike douglas right i remember the the last thing i remember about jaja gabor was now many many years ago when she slapped that cop mm -hmm. yeah yeah just because and that's the kind of hubris we're talking about yeah yeah where she's like kind of old old hollywood uh, I want to say it was Ava that was on Green Acres. 
I think so. Yeah. Okay. It was hard to tell because they looked a lot they alike. They looked a lot alike. And, um... And Ava had died years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Because a lot of those guys, a lot of old Hollywood, you find dying off because of cancer. Because it became... Um, smoking became sort of this thing. Right. Um, it did one. It gave them studios an opportunity to prom- help promote a product promote. that they undoubtedly got a kickback on. But it also gave actors stuff to do with their hands. It's right. Like, I just saw a video on YouTube about actors that eat. Like Brad Pitt's notorious for eating while he acts. Right. Um, because he gives his hands something to do. There's a, it's and it's long been a mainstay. Or, or, I've, or I've read it several times that um, a lot of writers will have their characters smoke to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. when, when something isn't it happening. Give, yeah, it gives yeah. them something to do. It's mm. it's the same way, like, two people arrive in a hotel room in an old, like, 40s, 50s movies, and the first thing they yeah. do is mix a drink. Yeah. Um, uh, and the assumption was, like, casual alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to bring that back, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Was rampant because it was always that everyone had that decanter and they would always pour stuff. But right. There was a le- there was a different kind of star there. I think with someone like Jaja Gabor, where she was, you know, she fell into that group of people like Shelley Winters and and, mm-hmm. and and you know those people that used to go on on talk shows and and be mostly known for being who they were. Kind of like the modern day equivalent of being like a Kardashian or. It, it, yeah. It, except that you don't have all that exposure. Yeah, and they they had. I mean, like Joshua Gabor was in a movie or two. She right. was she was a pinup girl for one of a better. Was word. she in? Uh, uh, was it Queen of Blood? I don't know. Maybe I, it some, sounds like something yeah, she would have been in. It's so. like the the hot chick, you know, yeah. Back when she was when she was there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she died and um, not unexpected. But still, yeah, sad all the way. Uh, also, Henry Heimlich died, known mostly for his maneuver. Sure, <laughs> the anti-choking thing. Right. Um, I guess he was known he for other stuff. Too. Yeah, 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 he was really old. But he was known for other stuff. But mostly known for the for the invention of the um, Heimlich maneuver. And then Bernard Fox died. Another old guy. Bernard Fox played Doctor Bombay on Bewitched. Mm-hmm. Um. As well as other stuff that I, he's one of those guys that I remember seeing him around, uh, but I I'd be hard pressed to remember. He, he's always reminded me of Terry Thomas. Yeah, and, except less British and less bitchy. Yeah, um, but he was one of those guys who you'd always see him, you know, movie helper. He yeah. was always in there in the mix, and he was always solid performances. He would have made a good Mister Belvedere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have. Yeah. I didn't like yeah. Mister. Be- I never I, got the I, whole Mister. Belvedere. <laughs> I know a lot of people that watch that show. I mean, also uh, Alan Thick died. Yeah, which was kind of a surprise. He was fairly young. He was sixty-nine. Yeah, um, at a hockey game with his son mm-hmm. and had a heart attack, um, as you do, I guess, at some point. Yeah, and um, Alan Thick was a music producer. He used to work a lot with David Foster. And he wrote a lot of pop tune, like tunes, yeah. and, and like especially uh, sitcom intro themes. Mm-hmm. He wrote the Growing Pains theme that he, that, right? You know, um, and then he that had was kind of the Alan Thicke show. Yeah, it, I mean, really. it started that way. Yeah, and then when Kirk Cameron and and Tracy Gold kind of right 
became, got in there, became yeah. the Fonzie. Of and that was show. before Kirk Cameron went full blown nut job. Right. So, um, uh, uh, but Alan Thicke had a show called Thick of the Night, which was at the time when like Arsenio was trying to get something going. Chevy yeah. Chase was getting going. It was all offshoots of what the Tonight Show was. Yeah. And Alan Thicke had this terrible show. Um, Gilbert was talking about on his podcast that he met Vincent Price and he goes, yeah, I worked with you. You did the Alan Thicke show and I was on the Alan Thicke show and we worked together. And Price reportedly said, oh, that was a terrible show. <laughs> uh, delightfully terrible, I think is what he, what he said. But, um, yeah, it's one of those guys, like, you know, in that same era of, like, up all night. And unfortunately, now we also have to remember him as the father of Robin Thicke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of Alan Thicke and Gilbert, I posted it on my Facebook feed, but uh, there's a great episode of Celebrity Wife Swap where Alan Thicke and Gilbert Gottfried split, switch wives. Right, right. And it's it's a riot. It's 20 or, 20 or 30 minutes long. And, uh, oh, my God, it's hilarious. The first thing Gilbert does when he gets here, he's, he's all, first thing I want to know is when are we having sex? <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Um, but Alan Thicke, one of those guys, you know, he got, I I want to say he, I read that he, like someone like Chuck Woolery, he got a little conservative towards the end. Mm. But that happens as you get closer to having a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> at a hockey game. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, so those guys are gone and um, not a lot of surprises there. No. But um, if you have a, if you're in a death pool, yeah. but, uh, but still no, noteworthy. Sure. Um... So episode 103, we're going to go and talk about a couple of guys. Mon like, I want to compare them to, in a weird way to Val Luton, <laughs> in that they're known for their product, even though they didn't direct it. Right. But they produced it, and they sort of shepherded it. And that was, their names, Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass. Yeah, and I, I would I would draw a, a comparison between them and... Um, Sid and Marty Croft also, mm -hmm. um, it, it, you know, in, in that they were the producers of these mostly um, children's fair, um, but in a different way. I mean, they did do some, some, they did have some cartoons and TV shows, but mostly, and and the reason I think we're, we're talking about them at this time of year is they're really known for their holiday um, stop motion animated specials. Well, it's weird because they they kind of I I agree, mm -hmm. but I but as I was looking last night through their their list of films, there's weird shit in there. They they did a, a horror film. They uh, did a lot of horror films. One of the things that mostly struck me was 1981's The Bushido Blade with Toshiro Mifune and Richard Boone. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. produced that, and they and I think they like Richard Boone. Yeah, it's like a name I'm going to get to in a minute. Um, Paul Fries. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that guy in a second. That guy's really important and very, very cool. So, yeah. but he, he, they had their their stable of people. Yeah, and they were pulling from that same sort of pond as Jaja uh, Gabor inhabited. The Shelley Winners, the Mickey Rooney's, right. the Burl Lives, the the, the name, guys with names name recognizability. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, they're stars. Fred Astaire after, Fred Astaire. He, after his star had kind of yeah, faded. Yeah, it's a they get a good way to get him cheap. They uh, um, they also they they produced a movie called The Last Dinosaur. Yes, with Richard Boone and he's there's this uh, machine with a big drill on the front of it that winds up in the 
and you know, I, I, was, I can't remember the middle of the earth or somewhere. Yeah. And it's not very entirely rig- original. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Richard Boone is, is trying to hunt this uh, T-Rex. So, so this I haven't seen this. This is like a live action. Yeah, thing? it's a yeah, it's a oh that's yeah, cool. It's a full on movie. It was it it reminded me a lot at the time of the, um, uh, at the Earth's core and the people that time forgot mm-hmm. and the, the stuff those movies that starred Doug McClure. Yeah, as the I met Doug McClure when I was a kid. <laughs> he was doing a signing someplace. Like I was a kid, so this would have been Virginian. Yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, not like, oh, yeah, you were in the Virginian. It's more like, no, you're on the Virginian. Right. And, yeah, it was a madhouse. <laughs> it was just this big guy. And then I saw him later on Bob Wilkins as kind of a, you know, kind of a rummy. Kind mm-hmm. of, you know, a little drunk, a little, little sure. past his prime and a little, you know, he's trying to pull off that swaggering leading man tough guy stuff. Right. It's like, but you're 60. Yeah. Which isn't so funny that lately. Right. Because <laughs> I had near 60. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was a lot of that stuff. Uh, he, they did shit like Kong Escapes. Yeah. Which, which which is, you know, 80 or 68. So this would have been, where does that go? Before De Laurentiis. Yeah. And I, if I, if I remember correctly, that's a Japanese movie. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it's, it's part of the kaiju staple. Um, Kong is fighting this giant mechanical Kong, um, in it if I, if and i'm i'm sure someone will let me know if i'm wrong um but i remember as a kid like digging it because there's not only do we got kong but we've got fucking robot but kong he escapes too. and he escapes <laughs> <laughs> um but and again they they were doing stuff uh i'm looking at their live action stuff you know sins of dorian gray in 83 mostly in tv yeah mostly nominal budgets um but I agree. But the thing, when you say Rankin and Bass, the first thing most people think about is stuff like Rudolph Rednell's Reindeer. Yeah. And, um, formulaic. They always had a famous guy as the narrator who would sure. sort of lead you through. And, and definitely a a, a, a design style. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and, and a formula because, you know, there was always songs. Mm-hmm. They had... And know, good songs. Yeah, they were great songs. Um, the... Uh, um, the the animation was all done by um, a couple of uh, Japanese companies, and they would uh, chunks of the puppets were. This is what was kind of odd: is chunks of the puppets were um, wood, mm-hmm. um, and they did use like replacement mouth animation and stuff like that. Stuff that's that's the part for the course today that like and those folks mm-hmm. do. Um, only they would replace like just the mouth, you know, just the the chin, you know, it would distort, um, and it depended on on the puppet itself. Um, Rudolph was um, uh, a wire or ball and socket armature um, flocked character, uh, so it, it depended. I really liked, I like looking at Rudolph, which I think is the first one. Uh, I'll keep talking. I'll look, and then comparing it to. The, yes. li- the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which was their last one of those. Yeah, the, uh, Rudolph was in 64, Santa Claus was in 85. Yeah, and, and that that one, the design aesthetic changed. Hmm. There were a couple There were a couple of characters that you could still see that, that, um, that design, but it was way more 
uh, it was more realistic. Sure, and not even realistic, but it just it wasn't the it wasn't the same kind of cartoony characters, um, and it's it's off of, it's based off of um, I think it's Roald Dahl's uh, story. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, I've not seen this. It's it's really it's interesting. It's cool. It takes a look at Santa Claus as being it's in this fantasy world where there are these immortal immortal characters and Santa Claus is getting old and he's gonna die and so they're trying to determine whether or not to make him immortal and they and in the process of of um, they they review his life and so you get to see his life he's raised by this wow. this uh, it's like that Albert Brooks film with Santa Claus yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. You, you know he's raised by like a mountain lion I I have seen this, and it's got like this weird elf people, and the, the like the the head honcho's the great ack. It's like this dude with antlers on his head. And... Sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, I've it's not really seen cool. It. It's, yeah, I, I bet. I paid a lot of attention to it because it came out at the same time that I was, I was trying to turn my my love of stop motion into actually doing stop motion, mm -hmm. and so I was I paid attention to that. It came out around the same time as. Phil Tippett's prehistoric beast as part of the uh, dinosaurs television special. Right, there was, there was a lot of cool stuff. I'm, I'm trying to see if they had anything to do with that dinosaurs special, but it was it was this kind of they 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 were also known for things like 2D animation. Yeah, um, they were responsible for back when the Beatles had their own cartoon. Cartoon. They aped it off and it, with things like the Osmonds and the, the Jackson, Jackson 5. Five. Yeah. Um, I see but it's a couple of other things. Traditional animation. Tales from the Wizard of Oz. King Kong show. Mostly you, Saturday morning stuff. Kid Power. Do you remember the Globetrotters cartoon? Yeah. 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 I, I don't think that was these guys. It wasn't. But, but um, later, back in, they, they, in the eight, late 80s, they got involved with it. I didn't even know that they had anything to do with this. And that was things like Thundercats and Silverhawks. Oh, wow. Which was part of that whole toyization of Saturday morning right. cartoons. Um, I'm trying to think, before we get into the meat of, of the stop motion stuff, I'm trying to see... Some of the other stuff. Last Unicorn they produced. They were involved with the Hobbit movie with Orson Bean. The yeah. two Hobbit movies that Bakshi did. Yeah. Uh, no, he didn't do those. He didn't do those? No, he did. He did the movie. He right, 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 right. He did the movie that was kind of in between. Right. This was the Orson Bean thing. That yeah, did. yeah. And yeah. and for, I know, I, I people of a certain generation, for them, that's the Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, you know, like when they... When they think of the character in their head, they don't think of this realistic, you know, they think of that. Um, yeah, because I remember watching it as a kid and it being truly frightening. Yeah. You know, oh, the, the big spiders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still remember the greatest <laughs> adventure. Um, uh, and then, the, and then that, the, the, the other one, the Return of the King one, mm -hmm. didn't, didn't cause as big of a splash, but it has one of the greatest songs ever in it, where there's a whip, there's a way. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> where there's a whip, there's a way. Oh, when you think about it, that's where you want your first introduction to bondage and discipline. Absolutely. Is, is Give me some big mouth <laughs> goblin that's like... <laughs> forcing uh, me to do manual but, labor. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm skipping that, skipping that, skipping that. But again, you start to see with all this stop motion stuff. So I guess we'll start with Rudolph. Rudolph, the story of uh, how everyone's a dick to you until they need you. Right. And right. Um, as popularized originally by the song. Yes. And they 
it's that's it, even that in and of itself is kind of weird. Like somebody took a song and like right. turned it into this. Oh, and it happened again and again. You know, I like they used to do that. I remember one of my favorite Christmas movies, and not because it's a good one, mm-hmm. is uh, it was a TV movie with um, I think I talked about it on the Christmas episode with. Um, it was yes, Virginia. There was a Santa Claus, yeah. and the the Scroogeish character is Charles Bronson. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things, you know, where where it would there would be some transformation or whatever. Uh, Rudolph uh, introduces to people like the Hermie the dentist, which became iconic. Um, Yukon Cornelius, which was way iconic, yeah. And that goofy Yeti that they had, Bumbles, Bumbles, yeah, Bumbles bounce. Uh, when I was, you know, because I was born in 66, Rudolph was already there. Yeah. And so, like, th- that formed my conception of Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when I... Oh, sure. E- even now, whenever I think of, what does Christmas look like? To me, it looks like all, all the landscape of those... those. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you what, at the time, I would have been... A little older, so mm-hmm. sixty-four. I'd be like four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, it introduced to me something that uh, I always wished was real, mm-hmm. and that was the Island of Misfit Toys. Right, the Island of Misfit Toys is. It's so. I would love to see one of those like Gregory and Maguire Wicked kind of things. Right, just the the political dynamic on the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah, yeah. I might have to write that down. Yeah, there's a thought. <laughs> I somebody recently on Facebook was asking which Christmas character do you most identify with out of Rudolph, and I was like, the the Charlie the in the box, gun, the oh. squirrely, the squirt gun that shoots jam. Yeah, and I'm like, God, that's a seriously like someone seriously smoking pot in, in R and D for that one. Yeah, but there was like, remember it was just always, it, and it wasn't like, look at this toy that's completely fucked. It was always like, he's just not a Jack in the box. He's right. a Charlie in the box, right. and that's enough to get him. Ostracized, banished, to the, yeah, to this, to the, this gulag, this snowy He's gulag, in Siberia, <laughs> the salt mines. Yeah, and when you think about it, again, what a dick Santa is to sit there and go like, there are plenty of kids out there in the world who would want like it any takes, toy. It takes Rudolph, yeah, to, to go, hey, fat, you fat dope, <laughs> let's give these things away, because, yeah, yeah, and then and then the whole thing with that that weird coach. The, the the coach of oh, the yeah. reindeer games, yeah, bringing bringing a little authoritarianism into this fucking reindeer games, yeah. man. Yeah, it always was always one of those things where I thought, you know, and and what mob mob hit took Burl Ives' legs because <laughs> <laughs> he's literally just sort of squishing around. He's his, a snowman. He I doesn't know. have legs. I was just fucking around now, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It became synonymous with what Christmas was. And in fact, like like it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown, it isn't really Christmas until you see at least a right. sliver of yeah, Rudolph. Yeah, and they, you know, it became <clears throat> like the Wizard of Oz and some other things. The it, it, Rudolph in particular became an event program, yeah. right? It only aired at Christmas. When's Rudolph on? Once. Oh, yeah. it's going to be on on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, that was back in the day of appointment television where yeah. you had to adapt your schedule to fit. Yeah. What was in the re- and uh, and TV I as, as much you know as lazy as I've gotten and enjoy all this stuff at our fingertips. I kind of miss it. I miss yeah, that. I, I do too. I miss having to. I think it contributes to art not being 
as special. Yeah. It's like anything, you know, the more readily available it is, the less you treasure it. Right. And I think I agree with you. And this is way not about ranking and bass, but the idea that we've, we've, it's become so easy to get our hands on things. I, I talked to people recently about, you know, tape trading days, the VHS stuff where you would make third generation copies of yeah. stuff just so you could see Gates of Hell or, right. or, or whatever. Dude, I remember the, uh, there was this, um, uh, video store in Iowa City, Iowa, in the 80s, um, called That's Rentertainment. And uh, I saw, like, um, I remember it was a big deal that, you know, uh, I got to see um, Eraserhead again, not, mm. in the, not in the theater as part of oh. some, you know, thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just, like, weird, odd, you know, movies that were hard to find at that right. time. You right, know? right, right, right. Yeah, it, absolutely. It was, like, it was such a... The ability to just say, I just saw this movie in a movie theater, and now I can see it in my home was a big deal. And yeah. now, you know, you, I own it somewhere around here. Um, there's a n really nice uh, set you can get sometimes at Costco that mm -hmm. has all of the Rankin and Bass stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's a great... Yeah, it's got affordable set. You yeah. know, it's not like ninety dollars. It's and I and I do start to mix up titles, so I can't. It's really easy to um, mix up titles. The year without a Santa Claus. Yes, and you know the other the other thing about these is like as I'm as I'm thinking of titles is these songs are as much part of Christmas to me as oh sure as you know your traditional you know Christmas carols you know and they became and some of them became that way I mean like silver and gold yeah from oh, Rudolph yeah. Uh, uh, stuff like the lesser known ones the ones that I really love are like um, there's a what you put one foot in front of the other put one yeah, foot yeah. in front yeah. of that it was great dude. mickey yeah. rooney that character was great by the way the yeah. the, the warlock yeah 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 was it was cool. uh keenan win that was the other thing about the their their things is there was always something there to appeal to creepy little creepy langley you know there was always like you know we dude. had the the, the scary Bumbles and, and <clears throat> yeah, Rudolph. Something in there. There was this weird moment in one of the ones that they did with Mickey Rooney, and I want to say it's the year without Christmas, where he sings a song about. It's really creepy. I, I forget what the name of the song is, but he talks about sitting on my lap, and if you sit on my lap, I'll give you toys. And it, if you sit on my lap today, yeah, yes, it's so pervy. <laughs> it's so pervy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you listen to it with the right with a wrong headset you just think this is wrong in so many ways you know what's cool is uh uh in uh tim burton's stop motion frankenweenie yeah they they designed one of the characters based on the burgermeister burgermeister meister burger yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And i was Freeze. like oh there is yes. that's paul Freeze. yeah so uh, uh, we've hit him. Go ahead. Well, and I was going to say, that's the other great thing that all of these things did, is they would do caricatures of these famous um, actors who were right. um, providing the voices. So the Fred Astaire narrator looks like Fred Astaire. The, sure. The, the, the Mickey Rooney one looks like Mickey Rooney. Yeah. You know, they, they the Rosemary Clooney one looks like... I know there was a, was was she was a no, but well, at least Burl Ives looks like Burl Ives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, As absolutely. a snowman. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of that stuff in here. Um, uh, but the 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 one with Keenan Wynn is that Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming. To um, town. 
Merster, Burgermeister Meisterburger was later parodied in Young Frankenstein as the oh, yeah. the the whatever he was the constable in the yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, But Paul Frees, Paul Frees is a guy who you've never heard of, but you've heard a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been to the haunted mansion at Disneyland, right. that voice, that ooh, that really deep mm-hmm. resonant voice. That's Paul Freeze. And then when you go a little deeper, just look up on YouTube Freeze, F-R-E-E-S. Um, it's it's like Billy West and those other voiceover guys. Yeah. The depth of who he did and what he did. and So many. It's so iconic. Yeah. It must have been crazy being around that guy. Yeah. Um, um, much like, he reminds me a lot of Mel Blanc, but gets none of the sort of love that Mel Blanc gets. Right. Um, the year without a Santa Claus is the one I think where we we get the great musical number um, between Heat Miser, Heat Miser and Cold Miser. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> it's a great song. It reminds me of of, and this is going to seem like a stretch, um, but King Herod's song in Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh huh. Yeah, if the whole if you are the Christ, the great right. Jesus Christ, and it's it's very jaunty like it that. is but a bum bum yeah 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 and it, i love that there were like little miniature you know little minions of these dudes that right. look just like them and again there's enough of a scary creep factor there to keep that part of well, me there you know it, like as, as a kid because it for me you know it, it wasn't about you know the feel-good Christmas stuff as much as it was is like there's this creepy dude with fire for here yeah and and who was that guy but and where was that place but hell right exactly yeah. it was totally hell. and no one's yeah. calling it what it is yeah and it's like <laughs> yeah but but in the end highly moral highly yeah. sort of they have a point mm-hmm. they have a perspective and yet they don't like beat you over the head with with the religion aspect of it it's right. more of in the context of the story uh, for example juxtaposed with something like linus's speech in in right the, uh, the christmas right which uh, is a great speech but it is a great speech i agree yeah um th- there there were others that they didn't i don't know i, I just i don't know if i had, had grown up a little bit or, or what but i like i don't remember Nestor the long-eared donkey getting as much play as the other ones about Santa Claus right. and the little well, drummer boy. Well, by then it was uh, Rudolph was in '64. They they did some animation for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy show in '65. Edgar Bergen, Candace Bergen's father, mm-hmm. um, used to was a ventriloquist back when ventriloquists were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie McCarthy dolls. Are if you ever go and you go, I like a, 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 a whatever that ventriloquist puppet. Odds are you're getting handed something that looked like Charlie McCarthy. Yeah. Um, 1966. James Cagney was in Ballad of Smokey the Bear. Huh. Sounds like a government thing. Like like they might have done it. To per- this was 64, so they might have even been promoting yeah. Smokey the Bear. I remember Smokey the Bear being a much bigger deal when I was a little kid. He yeah, was, there were the commercials were everywhere. That like I, you saw ads on the backs of things everywhere. Yeah, for me it was him and Ready Kilowatt. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He used to have, they, they were everywhere, and they used to give out. Both of them used to give out little comic books to kids in their in the elementary school about fire safety and this. This don't brings be a dope and stick your fork in an outlet. Right. This brings up something that I would love to do sometime. Just as a, and I'm I'm only saying it now just be so that I I don't forget it. And that is, we should do a show about commercials. Oh sure. Yeah. A lot of people used to be like Tarsim Singh, yeah. um, who did the the fall. He, he used to be... A lot oh, of these guys were... Ridley Scott was... Ridley a, Scott was yeah. a commercial guy. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll hear two old guys sit around saying, Remember oh, this one? <laughs> Remember not being able to eat the whole thing? That guy just died. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, that yeah. actor that was... I can't believe I ate the whole oh, thing. thing yeah. um, after that, we get little, little Drummer Boy. And the inclusion of another old school sort of past their prime star, Greer Garson. Yes. Um... Little Drummer Boy was... That guy was a kind of a dick. Like, he had had some really shitty things happen to him. But yeah. by, even by the time he he gets to be in the proximity of, of the baby Jesus, he's still kind of like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't have a I song know. for I... you. I don't got this. <laughs> he's such a mensch. Um, but again, that's one of those cornerstones of Christmas. You yeah. always think of that. And it... it, um, it um... I, I, probably more than even the other ones has that Christmas. I don't know. Uh, there, there, there is something magical about that one. That that Christmas magic that you can't put your finger on, and mm -hmm. and, and and that that had it in spades for me. I don't know what it was. I used to feel like the the early ones, the ones that we've talked about so far, are and up through, let's say the next two. Um, uh, those were magical. Yeah. And then later, it was more trying to capture light, recapture lightning. Right. In the exactly. Um, and it just a little of it seemed like, eh, well, they liked this last time, right. so yeah. yeah, they dusted some stuff off. Um, so Little Drummer Boy '68, '70, uh, Fred Astaire, Mickey Rooney, Keenan Wynn, and Paul Frees in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah. And what was great about that was. It sort of gave us like an origin story for Santa Claus. Absolutely, yeah. It gave us an and and it was and it was cool because it was an origin story. And I remember thinking as a kid, where does Santa Claus come from? You know, like, sure. Yeah, and so that was it was neat to have that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was back when that kind of stuff, you know, you didn't happen. You didn't look at there wasn't looking at an iconic character and going, well, let's let's spin it. And see, you know, at yeah. where he came, where he came from, and what what turn, what made him. And now there, it, this wasn't deep thought. This wasn't Westworld Santa Claus, right? It, but it was, it was something. Yeah, somebody like it's it's a solid story, and it's, yeah, and it's a solid. Um, uh, I mean, it could have been like really bad, mm. and and, uh, and it isn't. Uh, I always dug the fact that Santa Claus turned out to have red hair. That was cool. Yeah. As a redheaded kid, there was like, hey. I at least Santa Claus. And then, and then it was the whole thing. Like the, the moment where his chuckles turned to ho-ho-hos. Yeah. You're just like, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's in many ways, it's kind of like what's happening now in like superhero movies. Where yeah. it's like, oh, oh, I remember that from reading that. Or I remember that like. That's Mrs. Claus. Yeah. She's the one that 
leads to his early onset diabetes. <laughs> no one likes a skinny Santa. I know. And that's the thing. You got to figure Mrs. Santa's got a fat death policy on Santa. Um, anyway, <laughs> we could deconstruct Santa for a long time. Uh, uh, Man, somebody needs to do one of these about Krampus. I know, right? Yeah, Krampus is hot. Like now's the time to do it if you're going to do it. Yeah, it is hot. It yeah. is really hot. Which we're going to I'm going to talk about in something else a little later about yeah. some something I saw. Um, then after that, you get you got Danny Kay, uh, 1971. Here comes Peter Cottontail. More of the same. Yeah, uh, Danny Kay. You know America's favorite. You know, it was Hans Christian Andersen. Sure. Um, reportedly, the not those Hollywood Babylon circles they talk mm. about what a dick Danny Kay was and um uh just not who you think he is sure sure <laughs> well Mickey Rooney um you know when uh he was staying at uh one of the places I was working at in Vegas mm. um he was elderly you know by then and but he was working on a on a film on some project and uh he was kind of a dick. He was he he was mean to the the staff. And, uh -huh. Yeah, he was. Well, the thing about Mickey Rooney is that he people don't even get it the the magnitude of star he was. It's yeah. the same way they don't get how how hugely popular Martin and Lewis were right at the time. But Mickey Rooney and like Judy Garland and that stuff. That guy. The Andy Hardy films, Mickey Rooney Those are owned huge. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boys Town mm -hmm. or, or whatever. Um, that said, if you want your heart to get broken, go to YouTube and type Mickey Rooney yeah. elder abuse, and there's some footage that is unbelievable. Towards his end, he, um, like Groucho, he had this woman that was taking care of him, right? And it turned really bad, yeah, and really, really bad. That's so often the case, it seems like. like Oh, sure. You know. Well, I think it butts up against that. Like, I'm an old star. I, at a certain point, I have to be taken care of. Right. But I also have to be placated because I'm, I was a huge star. Right. And huge stars come with usually huge egos. Mm -hmm. So that had to have been a handful. Groucho was a handful. Yeah. But on the other hand, Groucho marks. Right. Um, um, but... It was a tie-in. Immediately, it tapped into that old Hollywood thing. Oh, Danny Kaye. Oh, Fred Astaire. Oh. Right. And that brought our parents on, and that made it okay for us to watch it. Yeah. And I remember, stuff. like, you know, at some point they stopped, but I remember, you know, probably the first couple of years I watched Rudolph. Um, you know, everybody, we, we were all sitting in the living room watching it, mm -hmm. you know, together. And then later, it, you know, it's like, oh, that, that thing's on. Right. <laughs> it becomes that way. Yeah. As you grow up, you go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the very next year, they they worked on something called Enchant uh, more with more stop motion, um, Enchanted World of Danny Kaye, The Emperor's New Clothes, which I vaguely remember. I maybe it was after Hans it. Christian Andersen, mm -hmm. and, and it was Danny Kaye. He would do different voices and different characters, yeah, and, and, and that kind of the, thing. We we uh, I want to say that this was '68. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and it's a, it's another holiday special, um, and it had a, a lot of Hollywood B-listers in it, or, or not B-listers, but but uh, from the same pool, and uh, it's now become my favorite Rankin Bass um, 
thing, and that's Mad Monster Party. Yeah, that Mad Monster Party was '67. It was. It's considered a feature because it's a. It's a. It's like seventy minutes. Yeah. Like that. Man, yeah. I, I was. Yeah. Let's talk about Mad Monster. Party. <laughs> Mad Monster Party. I had never heard of it until I was in my twenties. Oh wow. And my, and my wife goes, "Have you ever seen this?" And I was like, "No." And we watched it, and it's amazing. It's amazing. I remember seeing it when I was little and just like one immediately recognizing okay this is the same stuff that I like yeah from these other things at the time not knowing what stop-motion animation was but it I, looked the same. I, it looks the same I like this uh, I remember um, I, and I remember Boris Karloff being Boris in there. Karloff is in it Phyllis Diller Phyllis Diller and then it disappeared like I didn't see it for years and years and, and and it became that kind of foggy distant memory and i'm like did i actually see something like that and then you know years later it was like oh fuck here it's it is. A, yeah, yeah it's out and now it's on you can find it on youtube yeah. um uh it was one of the things that i think have fallen out of favor that uh i absolutely love and in fact i'm gonna start working on the one in a minute um the Monster Mash. It yeah. was in one film, uh, you know, like something like um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein or whatever. You've got one film with these central characters, but a bunch of monsters. You know, they were encountering all these different monsters. Mad Monster Party, it's got everybody. It Invisible does. Man, Dracula, Frankenstein, Werewolf Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, got uh, it's got some big tentacle thing in, in a... In, in a, the moat, right? In, in a, yeah, and, and it's got... Um, it's got this skeleton rock group, the crypt, the crypt <laughs> kickers. <laughs> the music, unfortunately, there's there are highlights, but the music's kind of weak on this yeah, one. Yeah, it's it's very groovy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of yeah. And Boris Karloff just it's towards the end, and he uh, he just he he sounds great, but he also sounds a little tired. Like yeah. I gotta say this shit again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. And I really, I always really loved the girl, the, I always call him the Dr. Girlfriend sure. <laughs> the, from Venture Brothers, but the Dr. Girlfriend character, this deep, almost Susan Terrell-like voice Yeah. that even as a kid, I realized, I don't know much about why this is sexy, but this is kind of sexy. Yeah. Um, and she had these a gigantic torpedo pointy Jane Mansfield breasts. <laughs> I remember. And it's cool hair. And she was always like good looking, but she was kind of bad and yeah. evil in a weird way. Yeah. yeah. For young Tom, that's blood in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then the guy, the, the dude, the, the main, the, 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 the nephew is they're doing a really bad Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And, um, he, he of course becomes not, you know, not so normal, whatever, but, but it, it let, us know that you know here's freaks and they're getting along yeah and they're having a life and life's pretty good and yeah and there's a young little spooky boy it was yeah. like yeah Jesus. yeah absolutely yeah. We, we need more of that yeah we need... and it was a niche that man it's the first time you see like a tim burton fan you know oh, young, yeah. young hot topic goth kid yeah my wife calls them goth lanes. Um, but they, uh, first time they discover something like this, oh my God, it's yeah. just, it's, it's like, it's everything Nightmare on Elm Street or Nightmare Before Christmas is yeah. more, you know? Yeah. Um, but I wish the songs were better. 
Yeah, I do too. The the songs do not like like I haven't seen a lot of these for years, and mm-hmm. you mentioned them, and then I'm able to sing the song. I can't do that for any of the I songs. I can't do anything. And... There was the theme that was very Bond kind of sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing had that feeling, had that '60s yeah. cool vibe. So it was yeah. you know a lot of guitar reverb. Yeah. None of the music is the, this music is not in it, but you expect this sort of kind of sound and like like if. If they could, they would be driving Alfa Romero's. Yeah. And, and mm. you know, everything, you're, that's exactly the word. Very, very groovy. Very groovy. Um, and even when the skeleton band shows up, it's very kind yeah, of... Yeah, they got kind of Beatles yeah. haircuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then in 74, back to stop motion, Year Without Santa Claus, uh, narrated by Shirley Booth who was Hazel, who none of you remember. Yes. <laughs> and that's who I meant instead of Rosemary Clooney. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shirley Booth and Hazel, that was iconic. Oh, she man. was huge. Uh, and a great actress before that. Yeah. Um, Hazel, there's a, there's a story that uh, David Sedaris does. Mm. And I think it's called Teenage Runaway, where he, he, winds up, he winds up having to go to Palm Springs with his parents. And he, he escapes on this bicycle and rides around the neighborhood. And uh, and he winds up getting too hot and needing water, and he goes up to this house, and it's Shirley Booth, and he's like Shirley Booth, and and he describes her. I, I I can't remember, but it was like you know, it was like it's like the Uber mom just comes and yeah. envelops him in his in her bosom. And well, Hazel was better. like that. She was this yeah. big sort of doughy woman who was back when they had it was cool that and okay to have maids yeah and um uh she was the one it was kind of like the old trope in sitcoms where you know like benson benson was the one that had it all figured out right though he was and everyone all the successful people that were surrounded him relied on him right hazel was kind of like that. yeah hazel kind Um, of ran the but so it, it makes sense that they would have her on this, but it, it just seems uh, her voice it, is great too. Yeah, she, yeah. She has it's very voice. matronly. Mm-hmm. Like you're right, it's one of those big hugs. Yeah, voices. Um, yeah, and then uh, let's see. Next again, we're hitting one a year now. Sometimes two a year. The first Christmas, the story of the first Christmas snow. Angela Lansbury was in it. Hmm. I don't remember. This I don't remember that one at all. Um, so that'd be that'd be a project try to trace down these ones that you know because i know in that 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 compilation disc has all the santa claus ones and Mm -hmm. stuff but like some of these other ones be interesting to check them out although i suspect that they may not be that good and then that's why they're yeah i think the cream rises to the top and when you if, if we don't if you don't remember some of these like there's a couple of these i don't even remember at all uh 76, Red Skelton in Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Oh, my God. Talking about a new new dress for the pig. Yeah, that, that one was... I don't like that one. Red Skelton was always... You know, he had this sort of niche carved out. Very family-friendly, very faith-based mm-hmm. comedy. A brilliant... Um, great mod. clown. Yeah, great clown. Yeah. He was... Uh, he went on to, when he stopped... Um, uh, performing, he went on to do P 
paintings of clowns, and they go for thousands of dollars. Yeah. But uh, the, the New Year baby in this is Rudolph all over again. Yeah. Because he has these enormous ears, and everybody makes fun of his ears. And, sure. And he goes off by himself, you know, and it's Rudolph. All and his Rudolph rest. has to go, yeah. <laughs> he needs some <laughs> to receive training in the East. Yeah. <laughs> this will mean nothing to anyone, but it's it's like the Christmas equivalent of Berzuka. <laughs> Look up Berzuka. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, it's that vision quest. It's like, I have to leave this, this all I've known to become something else so that I can return and mm -hmm. save the day. Yeah. The hero's quest yeah. for a reindeer. <laughs> In this case, you've got Rudolph saying, look, kid, I know. I've been yeah, there. Yeah, I've been but, there. He's the but, hardened guy. That's right. <laughs> he's the, like the Nick Nolte to the He's the, he's the Harrison Ford character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, the, I could riff on that forever. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, 76, again, they return with Greer Garson for Little Drummer Boy, book two. I didn't know that there needed to be any more of that. I wonder if he has another song. <laughs> <laughs> he finally oh, figures dude, it out. you think he's, like, he, like, shows up at the crucifixion? And <laughs> no, I mean, because he was there from the beginning. Yeah. Now he's, like, this 30-year-old guy, you know. Right, he's hardened, like, yeah, road he's weary, like, hasn't touched a drum in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, something bad happened when I played drums. On... <laughs> Neil Pert is the little drummer boy. <laughs> the professor. I would so watch that. Oh god, I'm sure this is far better than the actual. Program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're probably right. Uh, let's see, seventy-seven. Fred Astaire, Easter Bunny is coming to town. I remember this one more than I remember some of these other ones. Yeah. But we're checking out here. That same year, Roger Miller was in Nestor, the long-eared donkey. Right. And I we, think it, at this point, I'm I'm watching Logan's run and shit. You right. know, like, so it's, it's 70. It's the late 70s. Yeah. I, there were girls and yeah, alcohol. Exactly. And, and, yeah. Discovering, you know, your sister turning you on to, like, cool bands. Yeah, or shit. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey to me always seemed like a ripoff of uh, Dominic the Donkey. Mm. If you remember, this, there was a Christmas carol called Dominic the Donkey that was, it's so, I, it's not really racist, <laughs> but mm. it's it's so like, hey, but they, hey, hey, it's like very Italian. Mm. The, the, the music is very sort of Italian cafe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's jaw-dropping and just, like, how insensitive it is. Huh. No, I, I am unfamiliar with it. Oh, that. really? Yeah. I have to. I'll, I'll play it for you after. It's, it's amazing. Um, fun. And if you don't think about it too long, it's when it comes on, um, like, there's a local station here. I'm sure there's everywhere, everywhere where they, for, like, two weeks before Christmas, they play nothing but Christmas songs. You'll hear Dominic the Donkey. By the way, and this is not... This is not tangent <laughs> but not kind of, i mean it's marginally related if you are into stop motion if you're into puppets if you're into william s burroughs then check out check out the film that was made of a junkie's christmas um yeah yeah it's great it is i was great. wondering i was like where's he going with this <laughs> yeah it's great it's yeah. uh, the puppets I, I, it's 
it's so bleak and so and and you got you know William S. Burroughs voice going. It's 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 great. It's check it out. I'm sure you can find it. So uh, let's see. Late, we're in the eighties now. Uh, Seventy nine. Buddy Hackett and Jack Frost. Nothing. Barely kind of remember it, but I remember the animated Buddy Hackett. But that's about it. Yeah. I... Uh, Eighty is um, Pinocchio's Christmas. 81 has Art Carney and Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. And then... Wow. 80, See, I don't remember these I don't at remember all. any of these. And then Life and Adventures of Santa Claus in 1985. That one, that one, I watched a lot. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it makes me wonder if, if maybe it's not the quality that's missing, but just that, you know, the world is, wasn't the same. And, right. And so maybe Well, after like 68, you've got Watergate, and you've got all this other right. stuff. And, yeah. and and even then, as you get into the late, for me anyway, late 60s and into the early 70s, it was like, that's puberty, and that's when you're not home to watch that yeah. this kind of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas a kid, you you were. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in tracking some of these down. I want to check them out. I'm sure I'm not going to see anything new or different, yeah. but... Um, you may just find just oh yeah I do remember well sometimes well yeah and and sometimes in in these I mean like these are not these are not Ray Harryhausen these are not you know um, but there sometimes you'll run across something watching them uh, in particular some of the miniatures and um, the way they did clouds and Mm -hmm. things like that that have real value to um, this that type of a special effects person, and you can look and see, and figure out. Oh, that's I hadn't thought of doing that that way. And uh, there's some pretty cool stuff in there. There's some there's some great stop motion um, kid stuff that was done like in the 50s and 60s and stuff that that people don't pay much attention to. Right. Um, because Hansel... a lot of it was like throwaway for it was for kids, so yeah. no one really paid much attention. Hansel to it. and Gretel is. Yeah, shocking yeah, yeah. man those I've faces are, are great yeah um let me see i'm trying to see if i've we're, we've, we've kind of made our way through all the stop motion stuff yeah we did there was in 72 uh, episodes of something called the abc saturday superstar movie where they did something called mad 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 monsters huh um to go along with at one point they did something called shit not Mad Monster Party. God damn it. They they it was around the time where it's a mad, 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 mad world had happened. Right. And so these guys ran with it. Um I'm there not was, there was Oh like... the Mad 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 Comedians in nineteen seventy. Because you want it isn't that Gallagher? Like a mad comedian? <laughs> Gallagher's a dick. Just saying. <laughs> I, I it always pissed me off as a kid that their uh, Frosty the Snowman was two D animated. I wanted I wanted yeah. I wanted another stop motion. Remember thing. that with Jackie Vernon? Happy birthday! Yeah, yeah. it's like you're a moron. <laughs> 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 and the, and that kid, oh the villain in that the villain I forget he was uh, he was the magician with the hat. He wanted right. the hat. Yeah, back. He wanted the hat. Yeah. That was Paul Freese. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and that little rabbit, the mute rabbit, yep. that was his helper. It's a good, it's, it's a great. Good, it's good. It's good. I just, I wanted, when I was a kid, I wanted it to, but, but that clo- clearly shows their design aesthetic because even though, uh, it wasn't 
their their stop motion guys doing it the the characters look the same the, the character mm-hmm. designs the eyes the you know it had a, a a definite stamp yeah um much like the simpsons has a definite stamp and so on and so forth well here in, now that we're you're talking traditional animation i've got things like again same formula 67 cricket on the hearth danny thomas and ronnie mcdowell I don't remember. I don't remember him, but yeah. I, I, I just want to be in a room with Danny Thomas and, and Ronnie McDonald. Yeah, that... Uh, Mouse on the Mayflower, 1968. Tennessee Ooh, Ernie Ford. That I remember. Vaguely remember, yeah, right? That, yeah, I remember a mouse wearing, like, some little pilgrim's... Uh, <laughs> a buckle collar. <laughs> buckle shoes. Um, Sprossy the Strowman with Jimmy Durante and Jackie Vernon or Jackie Vernon in '69. Mad Mad Comedians in '70. Twas the Night Before Christmas, 1974. Joel Gray and George Goble. That one I've seen uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. That's the one. First of all, no one knows who George Goble is. Joe George Goble was sort of this this again. Merv Griffin, Johnny yeah. Carson staple. I used to love whenever he would come on those yeah. things. Yeah, had a flat top, yeah. had a really weird comedic <laughs> style, very sort of unsure of himself. Yeah. Um, uh, and Joel Gray, of course, is, yeah. is Joel Gray. Uh, 1976, Burl Ives, the first Easter rabbit. Um, 76, also Andy Griffith in Frosty's Winter Wonderland. Again, kind of milking it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, okay. Um, 78, Tom Bosley, the stingiest man in town. This would have been like post, right around Happy Days. Mm, I guess, yeah. So they were like, give, give me a Tom, that Tom Bosley fella. <laughs> um, 83, co- the Coneheads. <laughs> which I don't... I don't wait, really wait. Re- a cartoon? This yeah, it's a cartoon on the Coneheads. Oh. So they must have run that before... Anyway. Ah. And then 2001, um, Patty LaBelle in Santa Baby. <laughs> Again, I I don't I don't I don't even remember that, but I, it, I wonder if it's all based on the song. It would have to be. Yeah, I, I'm assuming. Um, we're, let's oh, we're winding up here. Uh, a couple of other things that I think are really interesting. Um, more ABC Saturday Superstar movie, Red Baron. And something called Willie Mays and the Say Hey Kid. Uh, mm. Yeah, Willie Mays. You, none of you know who Willie Mays. But Willie Mays, that was a big deal. The whole yeah. Say Hey Kid back in the seventies was a big deal. Um, stop, another stop motion they did in the early early sixties, The New Adventures of Pinocchio. Huh. Which, again, yeah. Again, we talked about the Jackson Five traditional animation. They did most of the stuff is for TV. Uh, the Tomfoolery Show, The Reluctant Dragon, and Mr. Toad. Oh. Kid Power. That I remember. And then, interesting, in 87, the co- there was a show called The Comic Strip they did that featured mini monsters, karate cat, street frogs, and tiger sharks, which was all more of that toy as right. substance stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Morphin transforming so i think i think in closing what i think is interesting about these guys is that at huge at the time yeah and it's almost like they were so so entrenched in their in their production style that when the, the technology moved on they tried to adapt um but they just kind of couldn't it's harder to do as you go as time goes on because you 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 did this and it worked mm. and it was hugely successful 
God damn it, why can't we do that? Why can't we just keep doing that? And well, as we get older, we're getting further and further away from right. what's going on. The hunger that yeah. made you yeah. decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're you're now now you're not in the way that's the way Hollywood works and we've talked about this a lot, but the idea that it worked, don't fuck it up. Don't change it. Don't change the brand of Coke because right. we need we need, we need them to like it. Right. And as we've seen in this as we've gone over the filmography the times that they've tried to step out they weren't really well received mm -hmm. so it's natural to venture out get rejected go back home right. do what you know you love and then keep trying to venture out but there's no way these guys didn't make bank oh sure you know just yeah. the residuals on all this stuff especially once you once you hit you know a christmas classic yeah that's that's something and that's and that's it for me is that the, the more than anything these guys to me represent christmas mm -hmm. it, it, uh when i think of christmas i think of two things right off the top of my head i think of fantasia and i think of really? yeah i think of fantasia and i think of um these christmas specials yeah yeah, yeah. well they're definitely on the list of things that we we call you know our Every, I mean, every family has their Christmas classic. Sure, but these these are act as great filler between our other Christmas classics. Right, things like Die Hard and Long Kiss Goodnight. I've tried to, <laughs> I've tried to, like turn little guys on to this. Stuff. Oh, they don't care they at don't, all. They don't, man. They just they. Well, when you got the Star Wars, the Stars Wars, yeah, the Stars Wars, you got the wars, yeah, the stars. But when you when you've got you know whole characters being fabricated and cg and, mm -hmm. the, and our video game graphics are much more impressive sure. than a lot of these things are um but for guys like us and people of a of a certain age i think these are this is dna stuff mm -hmm. is... i think you have to wait to 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 get an appreciation from a new watcher of this stuff you gotta wait till they're older yeah. And when they can, when they have some context and they go, wow, this was made in blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. you know, and, and as opposed to, it looks fake, this sucks, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to show Finn 20 million miles to Earth and yeah. he was just like, this is awful. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's no, brilliant. shut up. Shut He's like <laughs> strapping these kids into chairs, clockwork horn style. You're going to watch this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just one of those things where it's 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 in many ways like a guide you where it's like it's you, you know it's not perfect you know it's mm -hmm. not this you know it's not that but if you're of a certain age and, and you're we're exposed to it in the right way it becomes magical magical yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but man at some point you know what what do you do when you have to start putting this shit out once a year and you know yeah you know and that's what they expect so right. it's natural that they diversify um i'm trying to decide whether i'm gonna do that or not i guess we can so that's i guess ranking and bad yeah ranking and bad good stuff yeah highly recommended go in knowing that it's going to be a little wonky if you haven't seen it in a while go back check it out now's the perfect time yeah, and it, especially because so much of it is available, yeah. you, you can just get it. You don't have to even go buy that set. You can get a pretty nice transfer yeah. up on YouTube of most of this. Dudes, stuff. and if you find some of this other shit that like that we're like, oh, I don't remember that, or I don't remember that because you were of a certain age or something, and you remember it and you know where it is, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I went, I went out and braved the crowds and went to the theater. Oh, okay. You went. We'll go there now. Go ahead. 
Um, I did not go see Rogue One. Everybody was going to see Rogue sure, One. Sure, you know, so, as you do. Uh, so this, so I finally, I, I went and saw before I got out of the theaters, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, okay. Which is the, the you know, the, the Potter the, thing. The new Potter universe thing. It takes place many years before. It takes place like in the 20s or 30s in America. Um, it's, it's, it's solid. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the creatures. The creatures are cool. There's one in particular that's real cute and funny and, and, uh, um, Eddie Redmayne is, great in mm-hmm. it um, he's a great actor um he very much a fish out of water story because he's in america in right? america and the magic world is run differently in america than than um than in england and uh so it's it's good i think it's a good addition to the that i mean it it, it, it doesn't it doesn't have the gravitas that the later Harry Potter films have, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't. Well, it also doesn't have the cash, the cachet of, of like you, you've been here for five. Yeah, exactly. Ten hours or whatever. It's good. It's good. I if for anybody who's on the fence, I, I would definitely check it out. Right um, on. And and you know just accept that you know monsters are going to be CG. Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Although I hear that that's not the case with. Uh, the Star Wars movie. There's yeah, and I also hear that they they're going practical on this new Jurassic Park thing. Yeah, they yeah, they're that's they're yeah, exciting. they're bringing in some animatronics uh, dinos for that. So that's going to be cool. Have, yep, so, go ahead. Um I finally just saw that Star Wars A Force Awakens okay. movie from last year or whatever. Yeah. Um and uh, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. It was, yeah, it's it cool. it's perfectly fine. Yeah. It does what it does what exactly Force Awakens does exactly what it's supposed to do, and that's restart a franchise. Yeah, give you a bunch of characters to new love, give you enough stuff that's familiar that you're. It gonna looked feel... like you know what it looked like. It looked like a movie again. Yeah, and I hadn't seen. Well, I hear nothing but good things about this Rogue One. Yeah, so and, but it's also not something I feel compelled to go rushing we're out. We're not see. Star Wars fans, so yeah, it, it, yeah so yeah, but yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah. it, and we'll be. We'll see it a year from now, and we'll be going. Yeah, go, that was good. Yeah, yeah. But I really don't see it being one of those films. You know, I don't see any of these things being one of those films that I. And I hope I'm wrong, proved wrong, that uh-huh. I'm going to go. Wow! Oh my God, it's yeah. in my top ten. Um, okay, th- well, those are two solids. Have you seen anything else? Uh, Since we're going to talk about that now. No, every, everything else has been rewatching. Just re-watching. Like, I've I've had Beauty Is Embarrassing on. A loop here just, <laughs> that's a great doc just, yeah, it's a great documentary it's very inspiring um, i need inspiration right now so right it's, it's a good, I, yeah. yeah it's hard because it's been so cold and everyone's so yeah. housebound up here we're, we're we're getting snow and stuff and it's a little crazy uh me uh saw a bunch of stuff as usual a couple of things i want to talk about number one um mr vampire uh series of films out of um, I want to say Golden Harvest. I could I, be wrong. I think it was Golden Harvest. Um, super fun, super silly, yeah. super ridiculous. Those are great. Uh, things like Winner's Bone and The Losers. The Losers, you know, if you like this Jeffrey Dean Morgan's turn as Negan, you're going to love The Losers. The yeah. Losers is fun. Joe Carnahan. It should have been much more popular than it was. Um, and then finally, two two last things I want to talk about. Number one, Christmas Horror Story is out on Netflix. Right. Um, Which is a an anthology. It's an anth- sort of an anthology thing. They're like interconnected stories kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. William Shatner's in it in a 
phoning home role. Um, but what's important about it, the film is terrible and the stories are inane, but all the monsters are practical. Yeah. They've got a great Krampus. Man, that Krampus, that's a, that's a badass Krampus. Yeah, it's that. like a guy in a suit, blatantly a guy in a suit, a big guy in a suit. Yeah. But he's got these giant horns and it's super scary. He's you know? really cool looking. He's, you know, I... I I have not seen this movie, but I saw Krampus, yeah. you know, a few years ago when it came out, and I liked it, and, it, and I thought it was good, except for Krampus. Krampus was like, he was a pile of blankets yeah. with horns. It was yeah. awful. But um, this guy, he's bare-chested. Yeah, this guy's like, Whoa. Yeah, he's yeah. genuinely scary. Yeah. Um, so, I qualify for the effect, practical effects, worth seeing. Yeah put on when you're doing something else and you don't need to pay attention because the stories are dumb <laughs> and th there are four of them and instead of going like here's 15 minutes of a story here's 15 minutes of a story you know and going through the four mm -hmm. they go here's four minutes of a story and so any tension or momentum that they gain in the progression of that narrative goes away evaporates yeah. because you're like now you're jumped to something else and you're like wait where are we and it all comes together at the end, but it's dumb and ham-fisted. But the monsters are cool. Um, and it's then like a less a, a less good trick or treat, a way less good yeah, okay. trick or treat. Uh, and then last night we, as is our our, our um, uh, tradition tradition around here, is we watched uh, we every year we watch White Christmas because White Christmas is one of the greatest films ever. Um, however. <laughs> <laughs> as watching it, I just kept thinking the entire time that what a what a bitch Rosemary Clooney is, and this is a little conspiracy theory for you White Christmas fans. But she's such a bitch, and throughout it, throughout the film, she's kind of a unpleasant person. And um, by the time she ends up leaving and going to New York to do her own show, which dissolves a, a lifelong partnership with her sister at the drop of a hat. Right. Um, it's all because she kind of misheard something or was told something via the nosy housekeeper. And she just bails. And if she would have just spent five minutes going, hey, what's this shit I just heard about you saying X, Y, and Z? But no, she throws a snit and it becomes this whole thing. And I get it. It's a plot device to help further, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Because it sets up the big reveal at the end where she comes back. But holy shit, man. <laughs> I don't get it at all. I get Vera Ellen, Danny Kaye being you know, attracted to Vera Ellen because she's Vera Ellen and she's hot. She mm -hmm. can dance really, really well. Mm -hmm. But Rosemary Clooney, it's just like, wow, dude. Like They're like, look at her. She's beautiful. Look at those beautiful blue eyes. And you're just like, I just see George Clooney's aunt. <laughs> um uh, But there's whole chunks of the film, I, I would say, that don't work. I think there's a there's a dance sequence called choreography that Danny Kaye does that uh -huh. just doesn't work. But man, when that movie fires on all cylinders, it's so great. Uh -huh. um, so there's that. Uh, do you want to go news or trailers? Let's go either. Okay, we'll go news. <laughs> this is going to surprise no one. But a writer from Lost recently was interviewed and he said that throughout the writing of the series no one in the writer's room had any plan and no one knew what they were doing they would just throw ideas out mm -hmm. and um uh it kind of all comes to roost in that last yeah <laughs> i wasn't a lost fan but this really bugs me because 
you should be thinking of these things. Yeah, that's your job. Yeah, before you step up to the mic to say something, you better have an idea of what you're going to say. Um, and to find that they had no idea yeah. just frosts me to no end. Well, I mean, it really was. I, I and, and I think there was a lot of pulling the wool over people's eyes and, and like, like this bullshit about everybody had to have a copy of what the Lord of the Rings on their desk. All the writers had to have a copy of yeah. the Lord of the Rings, and this is bullshit. It's well, they, it's the all writers this... in interviews compared what they were trying to do to Stephen King's The Stand. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, no, <laughs> not at all. I don't see it. It was but... bullshit. It was, yeah, it's it's stuff to get you to like think about i remember i was an idiot like i bought this book like early on when the series first yeah. came out you know what's it all mean what's it mean yeah. right yeah it's like it means nothing it nothing. means nothing the, there was cocaine in the room yeah mostly yeah that was kind of weird and it really bugged me it was one of those things that just kind of stuck in my crawl week um for reasons unknown they're rebooting the honeymooners which i thought they did with the flintstones right this is something else i don't know what they're gonna do wasn't there a movie a couple years ago was there? I think so. I could see them doing something really ridiculous, like, you know, instead of Jackie Gleason, you cast Kevin James or something yeah. like that. Um, but I don't understand why. I don't see it. I think that boat has way sailed. Yeah. Um, They're in the wrong decade for rebooting. <laughs> Speaking of, Mackenzie Phillips is returning to a one day at a time reboot. Yeah. Without. No Bonnie Franklin because she's dead. No, no Pat. Um, what's his name? Oh yeah, there's a guy who played Schneider. Yeah. So it's really just Mackenzie because Valerie Bertinelli is already on her own show on TV Land with like the likes of Betty White. Right. Um, so this is really just Mackenzie Phillips pushing a premise that no one, no one. It's no Statsu novel. It's like, and she's divorced. It's like, right. Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone's been divorced for yeah. the most part. Anyway, that was kind of weird. Um, this is really odd, too. R- Ruben Fleischer, who directed Zombieland and Gangster Squad, is doing a remake of a series I really like. Um, BBC did a series called Jekyll with James Nesbitt. Yeah. Not the, that old. Not that old. Yeah. Um, Go Fig, Lionsgate's remaking it with Chris Evans. <laughs> so Captain America is going to be Dr. Jekyll. No. Um, I know. We're gonna, there's a couple more reboots, but I'm going to jump off that for a minute. David Ayer, who did Suicide Squad, is going to direct Gotham City Sirens. It's a Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy movie. As a Batman fan, I'm kind of interested. Sure. Having seen some of the Suicide Squad now, I'm not as interested. Because mm-hmm. I just think it's a hot topic. Like a hot topic exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's there. Uh, yeah. Hulu is rebooting Foxy Brown <laughs> with Megan Good from Minority Report. Unless they're going to do a Black Dynamite thing, I'm not interested. Right. Now, if it's just modern day Foxy Brown, you yeah. know, in the hood, no. I, I, I don't care as much. No. Um, it, the pain is almost done. Uh, <laughs> Sam Esmail, who is who is producing the really great um, Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. is prepping a miniseries at Universal. It's it's a it's a retelling of Metropolis. I'm kind of interested. Maybe maybe 
Um, the fact that he's doing it, it's not going to be just as simple as the making of the automaton. It's going right. to be, it's going to have a lot of weird conspiracy sure. and whatever. Which, uh, which, which, uh, that type of stuff has worked really well with like something like Westworld, for example. Yeah. 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 If they do, if they Westworldize Metropolis, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm kind of in. Um, they just, uh, were talking that they, they're now voicing parts for Incredibles 2. The Pixar thing, which uh, I've always I've said, and a lot of people have said it as well, that Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever. Absolutely, yeah. um, I'm interested. Samuel Jackson supposedly is recording his stuff now, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, there's a, a controversy brimming up online with this movie Passengers, the Chris Pratt Jennifer Lawrence thing. Yeah, I, I saw the trailer for that at the at the theater. Yeah, here's the, here's the controversy. Okay. The premise is that they are on a ship going across the universe and they will be traveling for 90 years. Right. Chris Pratt inadvertently spoilers, inadvertently wakes up mm-hmm. and he looks at 90 his entire life spent on a ship traveling and that's it. That's all he can do. So, he kind of starts moseying through the profiles of the other people that are in stasis. Right. Sees Jennifer Lopez, Lopez, Jennifer Lawrence, falls in love with her, and just decides to wake her up. Um, not because of anything she wants or right. anything that or in her life, just because well, he's lonely. And, and I think that that, I mean, because from the trailer, you don't know any of that. All you right. know from the trailer is that they both wake up early, right. and now they're stuck, and, and there's... You know, they, they, they have to face obstacles and stuff. But at the very end of the trailer is like, you know, there's something I have to tell you. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, but you, the idea, a lot of, a lot of, I, I don't want to use the word feminist because I, I think that's too reductive. But a lot of people are having a problem with the fact like this, she's a plot device. She's not a character and it's more of the lack of, I don't want to say diversity in Hollywood, but the lack of substantial female roles. I, I would disagree well, it's dumb to it's dumb to argue and to and to talk about it without seeing the movie first. Right. But just based on what I know, I would say that she's the main character. She's the the um, she's the one who has to deal with this conflict. Yeah. Where, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's not going to be a traditional villain, but what happened to and it gets and it could be a really really great character study because it gets very complicated mm-hmm. and like you know he does he would it make a difference if he woke up some guy so he could play cards with him for right. 90 years I think the yeah. idea is that she I mean there was there's not a lot of thought given to she goes to sleep thinking I'm going to wake up in 90 years in this utopia. Right. And in the, instead she gets woken up because he's lonely. Right. You know, his needs somehow Exactly. Hers. I think that's the story. Yeah. I think that's Hopefully. Yeah. And, I haven't yeah, we haven't seen it, but hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then finally Walking Dead Sonequa Martin Green who whatever. Mhm. Was cast in the lead along with as the lead along with Michelle Yeoh in this Star Trek Discovery. Okay. So I guess this character in The Walking Dead is either going to do double duty or die. Hmm. So who cares there? But I don't know that Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek is an ongoing TV series. I mean, Brian Fuller was involved. The guy was involved in Hannibal, mm-hmm. and he bailed. So, you know, I don't know. Michelle Yeoh on TV. Sh- yes, please. Yeah. 
Um, especially now that she's getting a little older and she's not doing Tai Chi 3 mm-hmm. anymore. Right. Um, uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, winding up, trailers. Uh, half a dozen trailers got released. Despicable Me 3. Um, noteworthy because they've cast as the one of the villains, Trey Parker. It looks genuinely funny. I think if you're on board with... Have you seen this yet? No. It's pretty much if you like Despicable Me 1 and 2 and if you like the Minions movie, you're already on board. Yeah. Um, oof. <laughs> movie called Snatched. Released a trailer. It's Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. And it's painful. It looks so bad. Okay. I really hated Trainwreck. And to see them bring Goldie Hawn out with these overinflated lips and just trying to do the... If you ever saw the movie with Albert Brooks and Debbie Reynolds, something about mother, um, it's very oh, yeah, much yeah, like yeah, that. It's yeah. like a doting mother. They yeah. go on vacation, and then one of them gets kidnapped by gorillas or some shit. It looks horrible. Okay. Um, and then uh, Philip Nolan, they released Dunkirk, um, which looks like a war movie. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I, I kind of just walked away from it going, yep, yep, it's cut, it feels like the first 10 minutes of Private Ryan. Right. Um, I I like the look of it. Mm-hmm. It's Nolan, so who knows what's going to happen. Right. Otherwise. I can't imagine it's just a literal telling of the Battle of Dunkirk. Maybe. Maybe. I, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And then these last three just dropped today. Blade Runner 2049, which you and I just watched. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, it's it's a teaser, so you really don't know anything other than Harrison Ford's in it in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan, Gosling. Ryan Gosling is probably our main character. It looks... It looked great. Looks great. Looks very much like um, more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had the had the had the music mm-hmm. planned, so yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if they went back and they got Vangelis to do the score. If they're just going to use, I hope so. I hope so too. His line, he just released a record, spect- spectral. That's good. And uh, uh, that beeping you just heard was the Electoral College officially electing Donald Trump, <laughs> which which, uh, we, which which we can't go into. Yeah, that album's great, man. No, Vangelis. Yeah, this new thing he did. I want to say it's called Spectral. Um, uh, I liked it. it. Well, no, 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 not not. It's not the TV series. It's this whole other thing. It's a record, right? Oh, you I've heard it. I listened to it. Oh, okay. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I liked it. All right. It's good to work to. Sure, all of his stuff is really good. There's a great. Speaking of Blade Runner, there's a great three disc set that's got a lot of incidental music lots of music they didn't use but i'm on board and stuff yeah 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 yeah. i'm on board because it's blade runner and i'm a big fan i'm on board because it's really scott and i'm a big fan yeah um there's a small teaser that got released it's like 15 20 seconds long of david lynch um for twin peaks Mm -hmm. um if you haven't seen it it's 15 seconds or 20 seconds of david lynch eating a donut yeah as gordon cole yeah so there, <laughs> which I guess, which I guess to Twin Peaks fans is a is very cool. They're like, ah, oh, Gordon's gonna be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how all of this Twin Peaks stuff has been. Is like every now and you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm and, not a fan. Oh look, a cup of coffee. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan, so it kind of buzzes by me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when someone says, hey, they just released a new Twin Peaks trailer, and all it is is fifteen minute or fifteen seconds of uh, of. Uh, 
David Lynch eating a donut? My, my first thought is, well, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I'm sure. Why not? Yeah. You're rebooting everything else. You've got the main guy there already. The, the cool thing is it's not a reboot. It's it's, it's more it's, more it's, story, yeah, right? Yeah, it's more story. And so that's... I think that's cooler than rebooting oh, something I, yeah. that was good. Yeah, if we go back to... And it's... You know, it's uh, Ryan Philippe as Agent Cooper. So mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, there's a full trailer for John Wick 2. Yeah, which gives us more story, gives us more of an idea of what's going on. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I don't think the stories particularly matter. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't think it really matters. I, the first one, I mean, the story. It's I, you know, it's a revenge movie. It's great, yeah. and and the you fact think, that it, you know, that his dog kind of sparks it all is like that's yes, like, that's I can totally thing. identify. But when they, the one thing I will say about that is like when it seems a little trite, but then when they explain it about how it was a gift from his wife, right. blah, 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 You go, that's novel thinking. Yeah. I don't know that they're gonna, they're gonna be able to. The action looks great. The action, it, I mean, it, the, the action is going to be great. It's you know, it's it's going to be. It's the same people making it, and you know, it's it's there's a stunt, and I'm sure it's largely mm-hmm. computer, but I mean, there's a stunt that's great. That's, that's yeah, at the end of the trailer. Yeah, at the end of the trailer. Yeah, it reminds me of there's it's the Jeremy Renner Bourne movie is pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. But there's a stunt at the end that makes it all makes it pretty worthwhile. Uh, this gosh. this kind of reminds me of a Jason Bourne thing, mm-hmm. that, just from the trailer that we saw in that, uh, you know, kind of that we're out to get you. Yeah, it seems like now he's incurred the wrath of a there a contract's been put out. On right. Him. Uh, and I'm praying that they don't do something trite by, like. Um, the contract was put out by the brother of the guy he kills in right, Dollar One. Because right. that's so so silly. There's plenty of reasons for people to want to kill this guy. It'll be interesting to see if it's the whole, you know, we've got a contract out on you. And, and you know, a contract out on me. I, I'm coming to kill you. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's the Rorschach thing. Yeah, it's like exactly. you're not locked in here. Yeah. Oh, I'm not locked in here with you. God, uh, what a great, I love that's it. That's a great one. That's a great one. <laughs> But the idea that it's it's lots of guns, lots of that combat gunplay that yeah. you don't see, you, you you start to see it more and more. Yeah. Because they're getting smart, I think, and getting technical advisors that know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but look, I was on board at the end of John Wick One. You yeah. Know? So I'm kind of I really love the way these films look and yeah. and the way the the action is portrayed. So yeah, completely really on board. Good. Um. I think that's it. Uh, we're going to head out of here now. Um, no show next week. Yeah, we're, we're taking Christmas off. Because we're going to do Christmas and what have you. Um, or some sort of a holiday thing. And we'll be back after the first of the year with more stuff. we got yeah. a whole list of show ideas that we're going to talk about. Um, Heather, come back. We miss you. And I think we're done. Yep. Anything to say? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, episode 103, um, Rankin and Bass. For the Bonus Material Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary. <laughs>